Tony Mormino, Engineers, HVAC Podcast, your, your humble host, and thank you so much for listening. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about all things heat pumps. It's going to be pretty short. We're probably going to, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or so, go through this thing. So, super excited. I'm going to call this part of a new series called the On The Go Podcast. So, what happens a lot of times for me is I get really inspired about a topic I go through it in my head and I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I need to record that when I'm back at the studio. And I get back to the studio and it never happens. <laughs> so other things come up and it falls to the wayside. So I listened to a friend of mine in the industry do this, which is he just records them wherever he's at. So in this particular episode, I'm, I'm walking on our gravel driveway on our cabin property up in the Carolinas, which is where we live. And getting a little exercise. Try not to eat too much for the holidays. So I'm going to record this. And the quality is not going to be that great. But nonetheless, I think the content will be useful. If you want to learn about heat pumps. And thank you for listening. So here's what I'm going to kind of talk about today. I'm going to talk about a little bit about the history of heat pumps. Then, then I'm going to talk about you know, how they work which is important to understand, I believe. And then we'll touch on, you know, what's going on with the industry. Why is there a lot of tension to heat pumps today? We'll talk about the efficiency of heat pumps versus electric strip heat, which is what they're commonly compared to. We'll talk about different types of heat pumps, and then we'll touch on one of the elements of heat pumps that's often misunderstood, which is the supplemental and or emergency heat and how that works in a heat pump. So just to touch a little bit on the history, heat pumps are nothing new, right? I've been around since 97 and heat pumps been around way longer than that. Matter of fact, I think the first heat pump was invented in like the 1800s to dry salt from the marshes in some country in Europe. I can't remember. But anyway, they've been around a while. That's the point, right? So, you know, the reason we hear a lot about heat pumps today than we normally have historically is because of a couple of movements, environmental movements, global movements called electrification and decarbonization, which in our industry, HVAC, commercial industry, has to do with removing or minimizing the use of gas heating products and replacing them with electric source heating products. Okay. Now there's all kinds of opinions out there and engineering trade-off debates on if that's practical, should we go that way, etc. I'm not going to touch on all that, but you can do your own analysis of that and make your own opinion off that. So that, that's why we hear a lot about heat pumps today. That's the main reason. Now I can tell you I'm in the Southeast and I've had my whole career here and heat pumps are in our blood. They're nothing new for us. We've been using them forever. They're, they work exceptionally well in mild, mildly cold climates. I would say cold climates down to, you know, 10 degrees, even zero degrees. Below that, I'm not really sure. You know, we do have heat pumps that go below that. But usually there's some kind of, you know, backup heat involved in that. But I'll let some, I'll, I'm going to have some experts on the podcast who actually work in cold, very, very cold climates. And they'll talk about heat pumps in those applications because that's not my area of expertise so 
So let's talk about different types of heat pumps. The most common type is the air source heat pump, which is some kind of product you find on your home. You know, typically a split system, condensing unit outside, air handler inside. You can buy that product in a cool, what's called a straight cooling or cooling only configuration with electric or gas heat. Or you can get a heat pump with electric or gas heat, okay? Typically, again, like in the Southeast, you'll, you'll typically have heat pumps. Rarely will you see a straight cool unit with electric strip heat. It'll be a heat pump with electric strip heat. The reason is heat pumps are very efficient compared to electric heat. So the way we gauge efficiency of heat pumps is by something called the COP, which is the coefficient of performance. The COP of electric heat is one and the COP of a heat pump at mildish conditions, 40-ish degrees is in the threes. So the higher the COP, the more efficient the, the, the heating product. So heat pumps are generally, you know, three times more efficient. Now that efficiency goes down as it gets colder outside. So if you're in the twenties, it won't be a COP of three. It might be in the lower twos or something along those lines. Okay. So that's the comparison of efficiencies. And that's why you see heat pump efficiencies, heat pumps being used in lieu of electric strip heat. So why is a heat pump more efficient than electric strip heat? It's because we're moving BTUs from one air source to another rather than creating BTUs out of an energy input. So what happens is in a standard air conditioning cycle, refrigeration cycle, let's use a home unit as an example because that's easy to visualize, I think. For me anyway. So you got an indoor air handler. The coil is very cold. You know, it's taking 80 degree air down to 55 degrees, something along those lines. It's removing heat from the indoor air and it's rejecting that heat to the relatively cool atmosphere outside. You know, so it goes through the compressor, et cetera, it goes to the condenser, won't get into all that, but basically you're moving heat from the indoors to the outdoors. That's why when you go Put your hand over your condensing unit in the summer. There's some really hot air blowing out of there. That's the BTUs that's removing from inside of your home. So in a heat pump cycle, that is reversed. What happens is your outdoor coil becomes your evaporator. So you're cooling that air down. You may be cooling it down from 30 to 25 degrees or something like that. And you're taking those BTUs and you're moving them or pumping them into the indoor coil which is now heating heating the air okay so that's why they're they're more efficient than electric strip heat which is just taking energy and turning it into btus rather than absorbing btus from one air source and putting it in another so that's a little lesson on heat pumps you can find a lot more information on that on online but that's a general overview of the heat pump refrigeration cycle Okay, so there's all kinds of different types of heat pumps on the market. There's a split system heat pump, like we just talked about. There's package version of those. You know, sometimes it's a through the wall unit called a PTAC. Sometimes it's a, a, you know, package unit on the roof of a commercial building. Sometimes they go up to 50 tons. Sometimes they go down to two tons. So those would be DX air source heat pump examples. 
we also have what's called water source heat pumps, which are basically the same exact refrigeration cycle, except you're, you're moving the BTUs from a water source to an air source, okay? So typically, an example of that would be you have a water loop on the condenser, you're taking heat BTUs from that water loop, and you're pumping it to the indoor coil, which is now your condenser in the reverse heat pump cycle. So that is a water source heat pump. Then you have a couple other products. You have a heat pump chiller. So won't get into a whole lot of details on that, but basically a heat pump chiller is a chiller that's optimized for cooling typically, but also has a reverse cycle where you can heat the water as well. So you can take the BTUs from one source and move them to another source. That's a heat pump chiller. Then you have something that's gaining a lot of popularity right now, which is heat pump water heaters, which are specifically designed to act as heat pumps. Those could be air-cooled, so you can have a air side coil and a water side coil, and again, you're just, you know, you might be cooling a mechanical room and using that heat to heat the water for some hot water tanks. It'd be a example of an air-cooled version of that, or you're cooling the atmosphere, you know, and you're heating the water with those BTUs. The other way you might have that is a heat pump water heater that is water cold. So you're using a water to water loop and basically moving BTUs from one source to the other. Okay, so lastly here, I wanna to touch on the defrost cycle, or I should say the heating, the supplement and or emergency heating function in a heat pump, okay? So this, you typically find this in an air to air type heat pump, like the one in your home or a packaged unit on a commercial building, etc. packaged air cooled unit. So what happens is you have, you rarely have a heat pump on an air to air system that doesn't have extra heat in it, like a supplemental electric strip heat or gas heat. Those are the two most common. Most commonly it's electric heat. So why do you have an electric heater in your home heat pump? That's because of a couple of reasons. One is we have it for emergency mode. So let's say your compressor failed or a key component, a capacitor, or a relay, or you name it, condenser fan motor fails and you can't use your heat pump. Well, the electric strip heat is there. So you have some sort of heating as backup. So the, the air handler would be on with the fan and your electric strip heat would be on and you still have some heat source in your home. So that's emergency or backup heat, same kind of thing. The other reason you would have electric heat in a heat pump is for something called supplemental heat. So at low ambient conditions, your heat pump capacity drops, it diminishes. And, you know, for example, where I'm at in the Carolinas, my heat pump may be fine down to, you know, 10 degrees. If it gets down in the single digits, my electric heat would come on as supplemental heat. So what that does is it gives you an extra, you know, 10, 15 degree temperature rise in the air because your ability to move BTUs from the outside to the inside diminishes as it gets colder, okay, as you would expect. So that is supplemental heat. Now, there's something else in a heat pump, and this is rarely discussed, but it's very, very important, especially today, and I'll explain it why. The defrost cycle. So a heat pump, as we discussed, in a heat pump mode, 
is reverse. So the outdoor coil is your evaporator, right? At certain conditions, certain outdoor dew points, certain temperatures of the coils, you'll start getting frost in the coil, as you can imagine. So if the coil gets colder than the dew point of the air, then you have the potential for frost. There's a sensor on the coil. As it picks up frost buildup, it goes into the defrost mode. So what happens in a defrost mode is it goes back into an air conditioner. So your outdoor coils becomes your condenser. It heats up, it defrosts the coil. And if you've ever walking out, you know, outside in the morning and you see a puddle around your condensing unit in the winter, that's because it went through a defrost mode and it melted the ice. So in an air conditioner mode, and it's cold outside, you don't want cold air blowing in your home, right? So the indoor unit, in that case, is the evaporator again. So you're blowing cold air. So to get around that, we turn on the heat during the defrost mode. It's just a way of, it's very similar to the supplemental heat. So we turn that on and you get some heat source. So during the defrost cycle, you don't blow cold air into space. Now, one of the things today we see a lot of due to the decarbonization movement is taking a gas pack unit, a package unit with gas heat, and changing it out for a heat pump. Now, when you do that, please be aware that the electrical service will probably be greater, in some cases significantly greater, because your electric strip heat, as we mentioned, in specific modes will operate at the same time with a compressor. Okay, so in your supplemental heat mode or your defrost cycle, you will have electric heat and compressor operating at the same time. Now, there are some systems designed with what's called an MCA limiting heat scenario. So you may have, for example, a 20 ton package unit with 20 kW heat. 20 kW is available in emergency mode without the compressors, but it'll only let 10 kW run during the compressor operating mode, either the defrost cycle or for supplements. So that's a scenario where you can avoid possibly having to upgrade your electrical service on a change app. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of, of the Engineers Podcast, HV, the Engineers HVAC Podcast on the road. This is total raw, unedited. You're probably hearing a lot of crazy noise here. I hope this is okay and someone's still getting value out of it. I'd love to hear in your comments whether this is uh, useful or not. And thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it.